Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. Wealth, success, riches, stability for ourselves and our loved ones. We all want it. And around the world, each day, we go to work in hopes of attaining it. Unfortunately, in certain countries, even if their citizens work equally as hard, they won't be able to reach the same type of stability or success as others. This is because of something called economic freedom. So what is economic freedom? In an economically free society, individuals are free to work, produce, consume, and invest in any way they want to. Did you know that if you live in an economically free society, you're more likely to be healthier, happier, more educated, live longer, and take better care of the environment? Sadly, nearly half of the world's countries are considered mostly unfree or repressed. How do we know this? Because for 25 years, the Heritage Foundation has been ranking almost every country by its degree of economic freedom on a scale of zero to 100. You know, there was a time when the United States actually ranked in the top 10, but that all changed in 2014. America's freedom is slipping away, literally. Take a look at this. When President Obama was sworn into office, the U.S. was sixth in economic freedom worldwide. Now we've fallen out of the top 10 to 12th place behind countries like Chile, Estonia, Mauritius. The reason, the report says we're being taxed more and regulated to death. And Michelle, you say president's policies are to blame. Absolutely. You know, the countries that are beating us are beating us because they're implementing policies that America used to have, the policies that made this country great. And as soon as Obama took office, there have been 18,000 new regulations since he's been in office. And the cost of regulations from 2009 to now has been $494 billion. Welcome back to Outnumbered. As we say, we're number 12, according to the Heritage Foundation's Index of Economic Freedom. America this year has fallen to the 12th spot among countries in the world for economic freedom behind the likes of Hong Kong, Canada, and Estonia. Yeah, that's right, Estonia. By 2018, the United States had slid all the way down to number 18. But there's good news. This year, under President Trump, U.S. economic freedom has risen significantly. Today, Ambassador Terry Miller will help explain why President Trump's policies are helping us bounce back, who's ranking at the top and at the bottom of the index, and what types of governments help to make an economically free country. Ambassador Miller is editor of The Index and director of Heritage's Center for International Trade and Economics and the Mark A. Calicatrones Fellow in Economic Freedom. Ambassador Miller, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here. So what does the list look like this year? Who are the top 10? Well, uh, we have six countries at the very top that are ranked free this year, and those are Hong Kong, Singapore, New Zealand, Switzerland, Australia, and Ireland. 
Uh, so you can see that those come from uh, really all over the world. Uh, the only continent that's not uh, represented in any way there whatsoever in the top 10 at least is uh, Africa. Um, other countries in the top 10, Canada is the highest scoring country in the Americas. Uh, and where is the uh, <laughs> United States this year? Uh, the United States did well in the index this year. It came up from 18th place last year to 12th place this year in the index. So that's a pretty important improvement. Uh, and what we've seen in the United States is a um, really strong improvement in uh, as a result of the tax cuts that were passed by the president and the deregulatory efforts that happened early in his administration. So those are the type of things that we use to judge a country and where they should fall on the list. We're looking at four basic factors of economic freedom. Uh, the first and most basic is the rule of law in a country. Uh, is private property respected? Uh, what's the level of corruption in a country? If you have high level of corruption, um, there's very little opportunity for people to get ahead on their own merits. Uh, we also look at the size of government, uh, government spending. How well um, is the government doing in controlling its budget and its deficits? That's an important factor in leaving resources in the hands of people uh, and uh, keeping them out of the hands of government bureaucrats. We look at the regulatory environment. Uh, how easy is it to open a business? Uh, what are the labor regulations like? Is it easy to hire people and fire people also? Uh, so we're looking at those kinds of regulatory issues. And finally, we're looking at the openness to international commerce. What's the trade environment like? Are tariffs too high in a country? That's a real blow to economic freedom. Uh, what about the investment environment? Is the country open to flows from overseas investment? Um, and monetary freedom, is there good competition in the banking sector? Those are all factors that bear on an economic freedom score. There was a point in time when the United States was in the top 10. That's right. What happened there? <laughs> uh, what happened was that we went through a long period, uh, really the last decade, um, in which the size of government increased in the United States. The regulatory environment got much more rigid for businesses here in the United States. And the rule of law deteriorated as well as people lost confidence in the institutions of government. And people stopped believing they could get a fair shake from their government. Uh, hopefully, we're seeing a turnaround in that now. Uh, there was a small increase in economic freedom in the United States last year. And this year, as we said before, there's been a rather large boost, 1.1 uh, point increase in our score. That's a big increase in our index. So what is something that perhaps the Trump administration could do um, to get us back into that top 10 next year? Well, I think they're going to need to be very careful, first of all, not to um, let the protectionist trade policies get out of hand. The uh, president has taken a very aggressive approach towards trade policy, putting new restrictions and tariffs in place. Uh, that's something that will actually hurt economic freedom in the United States. And so um, I think I would be very hopeful that the president and Congress can come to an agreement uh, somehow to uh, put the replacement for NAFTA, the USMCA agreement, um, in place, uh, stop the uncertainty that surrounds that for businesses and investors. 
That's an extremely important factor. The other thing is to get government spending under control in the United States. Uh, We're still seeing increases in government spending. Uh, We did have the tax cut, but uh, there's the possibility that deficits will increase, and that can hurt economic freedom as well. So it's really important to get government spending under control. Last question. In looking at uh, some of the countries who are at the bottom of that list, can you give our listener examples of some of the countries that are in a lot of trouble? Yeah, there are some real tragedies out there in the world. A country like Venezuela, which was once one of the richest, uh, most prosperous countries in the world, and uh, due to just horrible socialist government policies, um, has destroyed uh, the economy. Um, The government has destroyed the economy of that country, and now it's created tremendous refugee flows and problems in neighboring countries like Colombia. Uh, So that's one of the worst examples. Argentina in Latin America is another example of a country that once was uh, really at the top of uh, the world in terms of prosperity and potential for economic advancement. And there uh, you had this phenomenon called Peronism after uh, their former leader Juan Peron. Again, a socialist um, approach to economic policies that basically destroyed the economic framework uh, in which businesses could operate in that country and led to high levels of corruption. And so that's been a a very sad case. In Africa, we have the case of Zimbabwe. Um, Again, uh, 30 years ago, one of the most prosperous countries in the world and certainly the most prosperous in Africa at that time. Um, Now its economy destroyed completely by the bad policies of Robert Mugabe. Uh, their leader. So it doesn't take much um, for a government to destroy an economy. Governments uh, perhaps can help a little on the margins uh, when they're trying to improve economic um, performance in a country. But more often than not, when the government gets heavily involved, the outcome is bad. Well, thank you so much, Ambassador, and congratulations on the 25th release of this really successful policy project. Thank you very much. And that's it for this episode of Heritage Explains. Thank you, as always, for listening. Tim is up next week. And as always, please jump on iTunes, subscribe, rate, share us on social media. Conservatives really need help in the world of podcasting, and we appreciate all that you can do. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? Then subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court.